0: The thing that I took away from that is that we as Muslims, with our kids, we need to start them young on like lots of things, not just like, you know, academia, or beta, you need to like study and get the right grades and become a doctor or whatever, but also sports, all sorts of other things and just become world class at it. And that really, like if you want to become world class at something, it takes decades. What's your favourite tree? Oak. Favourite location? Uh, Mauritius. Semi-detached, detached detached, or terraced? Easy. Detached. Fully. So let's dive in then. Asalaamu alaykum everyone. Welcome to the weekly news roundup, week five. Mm -hmm. Today, inshallah, we're going to talk about three topics. The first is, of course, the national insurance rise and um, what that means. The second is Google has introduced a new policy around financial advertising that is bad news for scammers, but you still need to watch out. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then finally, there's this really interesting new Islamic challenger bank coming out of Tajikistan, of all places, that I found absolutely fascinating, right? Um, So I thought we would touch upon that. But first... I wanted to kick off with and we're trying a new format as well. We would try like a few more rapid fire questions at the start for each news story. But first I wanted to kick off with the tennis story. You know, Emma Raducanu, the this is like a teenage sensation. British, British teenager show. and she's got to the semifinal? Uh, the semi the, the final now. She's got to the final of the, US, the Open. US Open. And my missus was saying that, you know, you should talk about this because sure it obviously it's like tennis, but The backstory there that I found fascinating was that both of her parents were, you know, in finance or whatever, management consultancy or something. And then they spent a lot of time and effort on their daughter. They got her into five or six different sports, like motocross and football or whatever, whatever other things she was involved in and tennis. And then over time, they dropped away all of the other things. And then eventually this was the thing she really enjoyed and was really good at. So they continued with that. And you know, with this US Open as an 18-year-old, guess how much she's going to win just for the semi-final? How much? So she's already banked $675,000. Wow. And if she wins a final, I'm sure the final will mean that she's now in the millions. As an 18-year-old in her second big tournament, that's crazy. That's amazing. And so I guess the thing that I took away from that is that we as Muslims, with our kids, we need to start them young on... Like lots of things, not just like, you know, academia or beta, you need to like study and get the right grades and become a doctor or whatever, but also sports, all sorts of other things, and just become world class at it. And that really, like, if you want to become world class at something, it takes decades. What do you think, Habzi?
1: I think it's a really good point because I actually watched that, well, I've recognized that girl recently on the news. And, um, I was fascinated by it to have someone like that with that kind of talent. We don't usually have that in England, especially with the female tennis player. So something to be proud of. I thought, you know what, that was amazing. We should do the same thing with our children, like yeah. find different sports or, or skills. Whether it's skills, or arts, or even as we spoke before, within computing, coding, uh, everything, a- yeah. anything. That
0: and the two things are not exclusive either. So like, there's a bunch of people who you know are the top captains of industry or you know top founders or technologists who were previously top sports people and athletes and there is a big crossover right because you need discipline and application and all that stuff and by the way this isn't a comment on obviously you know the Sharia compliance of Tennis, or you know, women's tennis, or you know, singing and dancing. I think this is an example. Yeah, yeah. these are examples. An example, and and it's obvious that you know this is a story beyond tennis, right? So it's not you know me and you probably don't sit down and watch loads of women's tennis, but this is a wider point that we're trying to make. Yeah. Um, I guess let's move on. So national insurance. Let me explain it, Kabsi, and then I'll ask you what you think about it. Sure. Um, So there's been a national insurance rise tax, always bad, isn't it? Yeah. Or, or is it? It's been covered in the news as a 1.25% rise. I'm quite slightly annoyed about it. Mohsen is very annoyed about it because it's smoke and mirrors. It makes it sound like it's not that much of a rise, but actually it's one25 by the employee, one25 more by the employer. So it's a 2.5% increase. And then that's an increase every single month, isn't it? It's not like just like a one-off, you know, 1.25% it's every single month. And so if you actually do the numbers, if someone, you know, is earning let's say 30,000 pounds, they were paying 2,400 before and now they will be paying 255 pounds more. So it's roughly 10% increase. That's
1: 255 pounds more for the year?
0: For the year. And for someone earning 50,000, they were previously paying around 5,000 pounds. That will mean a 500 pound increase for them. So it's consistently a 10% increase across the board that we will be all paying. And that's a 10% increase for every individual who's an employee, but also for employers as well. And the idea behind it is that it's going to be used for like NHS and social care and and that sort of thing. So, Kabsi, what do you think? Is this a good thing?
1: My first instinct says no. I know I understand the money has to come from somewhere, but again, the government's going back on their word, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. the promise that they've made, and uh, these kind of promises made them win the election. But it's also it has an impact on people with. Mediocre and low income, yeah. it definitely has an
0: impact. It will have an impact. outsize impact as well. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to pay more. Like this money means more to them as well. This is, this is a second quick question. Uh, do you think this is good for Muslims? No. I agree I with you. I, th- I think Muslims are generally from a poorer end of the society anyway, right? So they, I think they'll get worse hit. All right, and final question. Is this something that you would do? Let's say you were Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak. Is this something that you would do? I mean, I'm presuming, even all that you've said, probably no, but maybe, maybe what not. What do you think I'd say? I thought you were going to say no, but... I
1: instantly had the answer when you asked me that question. What is it? I'd say yes. <laughs> so you'd do the same thing? If I'm a politician. I'd say yes, I'd do it. <laughs> I'd do it and then I'll, you know, just come up with all these, you know, nonsense to say, would you do blame all- me on COVID, innit? That's one excuse that they had, you see? Yeah. They're just blaming on COVID and, and and what COVID has done.
0: But it's fair as well, right? They have spent a lot on the economy.
1: Yes, they definitely did. And they <laughs> did come out with a really interesting package, something that the US had done or the other countries had done. You know, I think they did um, take inspiration from that as something yeah. that I personally did not expect. From for, a Tory for, government. Yeah, or yeah. even for this to happen in England, yeah. to be honest with you. But me, yes, if I was the government, I would do something like that.
0: Interesting. What about you? I think it's inevitable that you have to increase taxes. I would lean more on the corporates, particularly the larger corporates. And I know they've been working at trying to like work with lots of other countries together to tax large international corporations like Amazon and Google yeah, and Google, those guys. Yeah. Uh, so they have been doing some stuff, but I think that a lot more can be done. Like, I think Amazon made 20 billion, it said, over the last year from just the UK. And they're paid in tax around 500 million, which, you know, it's not that much really at all. What is it? It's like 5%. They're paying 5%. Amazon is paying 5%, whereas me and you are paying more than that. Yeah, That's insane. It's insane. So I think there's a lot that needs to be done on that front. But anyway, before we get really dragged into uh, slating taxes, let's move on to the next story, which is... The story about Google and how from just a couple of days ago, they've introduced a ban on financial ads, unless you are a regulated financial FCA regulated company, or you've had approval from an FCA regulated company. On YouTube, you'll see it, right? You'll see these ads about financial freedom and all this sort of thing. And some of them, they do come across as quite scammy, let's be honest. And on Facebook, you'll see people selling art or like wine or stocks and pensions and all this sort of thing. And then you click on it. And obviously, I'm from that background. So I know these people are not regulated. Like, what's going on here? How are they getting Google and Facebook to approve them? And they get a lot of people. A lot of people sign up because of these ads to these companies. And then, you know, it's completely unregulated. So who knows if it's good or bad. So that's the story. I guess. Over to you, Kabzi, to ask me your questions or, you know, whatever you want to find out.
1: I'll give you my two cents on this. Yeah. I, I think it's super spam galore yeah. to begin with, right? They're everywhere. It's even on our channel. You've seen yes, it, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You see how they do it. I also think that Google, I don't know how they're going to do it because it, it'll have a, quite a large impact on their revenue as well. If they're going to nah. be... No, don't I don't think so?
0: think so. I don't think so. I think the Google have more than enough money, right? They've got like a 120 billion or so sat around which they don't know what to do with <laughs> <Yeah>. or more <laughs> Serious. They, they, like they, don't, they just don't know what to do with it yeah so they just like left it in cash yeah yeah wow. just, or more i think it could be much more than that as well I, I forget the number so i think it's a good thing i think it's a good start But I think Facebook need to get on it as well. And I think that there needs to be like a degree of education and protection for consumers where, you know, maybe it's not a financial scam, right? These courses that say, oh, you know, you're going to get financial freedom, sign up. I was really poor. I did this thing. I became rich. And now I'm going to give you the blueprint for success. And you look into their backgrounds and they're a complete bunch of jokers, nothing on their backgrounds. And there's been no like real success there. There are a few courses for sure that are, by genuine people who've been really successful and they've done it. That makes a lot of sense. But then there's a lot of these scammers as well. And sorry, when I say scammers, I don't mean actual scams. Like they are selling a thing. They are selling a course that is a course, but it's such an awful rubbish course that you could get for free off the internet. And you're paying like £10,000 for it, £5,000 for it.
1: Yeah, they're playing the game in it. It's 100% legit. But you know, the courses that people sell and whatnot, does everything... It needs to be FCA regulated like courses and let's mm. say p- m- mortgages
0: and uh. a bunch of it does a bunch of it does need to be regulated like you know anything to do with an investment product like stocks and shares uh, often an amount of property investing mm. um, all of that stuff
1: but that was from before yeah. property investing or let's say Financial mortgage, uh, mortgage Mortgages, stocks
0: They needed to be
1: yeah. Financially regulated anyway. and, and
0: they still do And they still do You know And this is something I guess the FCA is working on That crypto is not Currently regulated at mm-hmm. all And that means That you can advertise On Google And that's where you see Even more scams Coming along now That's a big gap That you know You guys should watch out for And then these these courses Like if you're training Someone on entrepreneurship That's not regulated But That's rife For abuse it Doesn't mean that You know It's, it's a good thing
1: So let me ask you a question. So from your knowledge, like to the viewers out there, people who are interested in these kind of things, what should they look out for?
0: The first thing I would do is I would Google the company, Google the person, find out about their background, find out about, you know, any news stories on them or any other kind of reviews and analysis done on their course or their company or them. Often you'll find exposés of these people online. And then I would look at if the website looks legit. Some people are good at working out if a website looks legit, other people aren't. But most people, I think, are tech savvy enough to have a sense So do that. You know, if it's like got red bold writing as an arrow saying, you know, sign up now, all this kind of thing. I just be a bit wary of it because it's, you know, it's all the kind of hallmarks and calling cards Mm. of someone dodgy.
1: What's your favourite colour? Blue. Would you buy a dog?
0: No. Biryani or pilau? Pilau, I think just. Just. Suit or casual? 100% casual. Bangalore or house? House. Ferrari or Lamborghini? Ferrari, I think. Why? Because I think a Ferrari would be more comfortable. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Neither is uh,
0: probably great. I'm just conscious of the time. Let's move on to our final news story, and that is Alif Bank, which is in Tajikistan, and it has closed an investment round of eight million dollars, valued at over a hundred million dollars, and it is and that is incredible. You know, it's operating at a revenue of around twenty million dollars in. Tajikistan and Uzbekistan and now it wants to go to I think it's setting up in the UK but also other countries in Central Asia and then other Muslim countries and what they do is they've got this kind of buy now pay later scheme a bit like Klarna and others like that then they also have but this is interesting because it's a super app kind of thing where they have the ability for you to pay using them as well so they've got you know the card aspect and they've got their loyalty cards and all of that stuff then they've got a shop, so it's like, think of it like Amazon, but in Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. And then they've got this buy now pay later scheme which allows you to shop those things. So it's got this like interesting ecosystem going on. And it's apparently been going since about, I think 2013, 14, growing like a weed. You know, mashallah, they've gone up to about 20 million annual revenue and raised a fair bit of money. I'm quite surprised at the low valuation, to be honest. I thought it'd be more than that. Like if you're operating at 20 million revenue, then really I would expect it to be a higher valuation. But I guess, you know, it's it's Tajikistan so that, you know, there's a bit of more of a, I guess, stigma. If it was like a US company, I'm sure they'd raise more.
1: So what is the USP for this company?
0: I think the USP is that I don't think it's doing anything like wildly like novel, but what it's doing is it's taking the existing technologies, building them all in-house and then bringing it to a new audience in a country that hasn't historically had it makes sense um you know a country where you have to go to the bank to pay for your bills is now gone you know completely digital so i think that's pretty cool but yeah this is not me knocking them but it's one of those plays where you take what already exists in other countries and then you build on it and you kind of repackage it and bring it to a country that doesn't have it And obviously there's a big job in translating that and executing on that really well. It's not easy, but I think it's that kind of play.
1: What is the Muslim population of Tajikistan?
0: I think Tajikistan is majority Muslim and there's about 9 million people. Right. In Tajikistan. So
1: the clown style. So I'm wondering, is that going to be interest free? Or are they going to put like a margin on top?
0: Yeah. So they do say that they're an Islamic challenger bank. They have tried to structure in a Sharia compliant way. I'm not sure if they've like officially signed off on it, but because the news story said that they're going to officially sign off on their Sharia compliance in the next, in this year or so. So that suggests to me that, you know, maybe there'll be a few tweaks to the structure made so that it's 100% signed off. Yeah. But I think their intention from the start had been to be uh, an Islamic bank.
1: Yeah, there are ways to pay off and monthly schemes, but they're all interest bearing, aren't they? So, if there's a way of doing it interest free with a fixed sum, I don't know, whichever way it works, yeah. Sharia compliant, then it's a great idea, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm quite excited about these guys. There's a few challenger banks that I'm slowly getting excited about. I think it's all of those kind of international facing ones because, you know, that's where the Muslim majority is, right? And if we can serve the Muslims, then I guess that's a good thing.
1: So, why aren't they popping up in countries like here in the UK, or there's a lot France and Germany.
0: There's a lot that are popping up in here in the UK as well. We should do like a separate video on this and cover the the Islamic challenger banks in the UK, and I guess do a bit of a review on each of them and what's what. But I think they're a lot more embryonic. Like these guys have been around for like six years or so, right? Six seven years, and you know they've got a team of seven hundred people now, wow. and it's a pretty big operation. Six hundred thousand customers. That's no joke. That's serious stuff. And that's nowhere, the challenger D- banks we have in the UK right now are nowhere near that. So it's a lot more embryonic as a stage.
1: Interesting.
0: Great. Well, Kabzi, should we wrap up there? It's been emotional. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, What's Khazir? What's Mohammed? I know, where, where are they? Where, where are, are they? they? If you would like us to cover anything specific, if you enjoyed the rapid fire questions, let us know in the comments below. Let us know what other tips you would share with us in terms of, you know, how to be good parents to your kids and, you know, create the future, you know, stars of whatever industry they go into. Until next time. Salaamu Alaikum.
1: Waalaikum alaikum.
0: Bentley or Rolls Royce? Rolls Royce. Porsche or Mitsubishi? Definitely Porsche. Interesting. Apple or windows? 100% windows. Samosa with chili sauce or samosa with garlic sauce?
1: Samosa with garlic sauce. But it's a hard one. Chili sauce is great. (laughs) That's good as well. Uh,
0: Pakistan or Bangladesh as a place to live or England?
1: Oh. England.
0: If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, alaikum.